Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, a podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Ali Siegel, and today we have very special guest host, Hannah Connor. Hi. Hannah, welcome. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, Hannah, tell us where you're from, what you do, if you want anything about yourself that you want our listeners to know. Um, okay, so my name is Hannah, and I live in Manchester in England. I've lived in England for 20 years now, but I grew up in New Zealand, which is yes. why I sound <laughs> like this. Um, I I don't have a podcast or anything like that. Um, well, I just be really... careful if you do a good job, you might. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, um, I really like the story. Well, I don't mean I don't really like it, but I think it's a fascinating story. By it. Yes, captivated. I remember when it happened, and I feel like everybody should know about this bonkers thing. Well, that being said, that's a perfect transition, Hannah. What is our episode going to be on today? So this story is about the disappearance of Shannon Matthews. Uh, yeah, in the sleepy town of Jewsbury. Ooh, let's get into it, as we say. Okay, so I'm going to read from my uh, bit of paper because, uh, as I said to you before, <laughs> a little bit nervous, but it's that's fun, really okay. But... We, Melissa, you should have heard Melissa in my first episode, like. We led, we read <laughs> verbatim from, and there, I don't think we took spaces to breathe or we paused <laughs> for periods. We were, or like we didn't enunciate words. We were just like reading so flatly from a script. It was, it's amazing. I'm going to back on it. I'm going to also do my best uh, BBC voice. So that, um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you can all understand me properly. Um, okay. So on the 19th of February, 2008, Shannon Louise Matthews, a nine-year-old girl, was reported missing in Dewsbury, West Yorkshire in England. Um, so for context, uh, description of where Dewsbury is. Dewsbury is a historic town in West Yorkshire, uh, in like the north, the north of England, and that's probably quite an important part because the right. north is a bit of a north-south divide. If you know anything about British oh. politics, I suppose, um, there the north are uh, rougher and the south are posh, basically. 
Uh, it was a major mill town in the mid-19th century and growth increased, but after World War II, it experienced a big decline, frequently being referred to as a troubled town. Some areas of the town are classed as the most deprived in the UK. Uh, it got notoriety between 1978 and 1980, as it was in the spotlight when Peter Sutcliffe, known as the Yorkshire Ripper, murdered 13 women and attempted to murder seven more. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Do you know that story? Uh, no, but that's going to be the next episode I do. The Yorkshire Ripper. Oh, my God. I think I have a feeling there's a Netflix documentary about it. Good, because I can only learn oh. through documentaries. Also, uh, you mentioned uh, when you said that one side is ru- the north side is rougher and then the other side is posh. Mm. I spent a, a few weeks once in Hyde Park and I met... This is like when I used to be a pretty heavy heavy drinker and I was out one night alone and I met a DJ who lived in the north side and he kept saying to me, oh, you're you're proper posh, aren't you? And I had no idea what that meant. And then I went home with him. (laughs) Whoops. Um, And we had a one night stand and he lived in the north side. And I remember like he, he said he was he like knew Amy Winehouse or like this was like way back then. And like, I think his roommate was like a heroin addict. So I don't know what that has to do. Is there drugs on the north side? I think that um, you're talking about London, but this is the entire country is what I'm talking about. (laughs) But I think that there is also that split. Okay, guys. So basically what you could take from that is I used to be (laughs) slutty and now I'm not anymore. All right. Continue with your episode. (laughs) And, And I am talking about London. London, yeah, that's that's, Perfect, that's cool. I know I, I interjected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Shannon was reported missing by her mother uh, when she failed to return home from school. She had gone on a swimming trip with her class that day, and after getting off the bus with the other students, she was assumed to have walked to walked home, uh, but she never got home. And Karen Matthews called the police at six forty eight p.m. That evening, which I have a nine-year-old. My child yeah. wasn't hurt. It was uh, six forty-eight? It's pretty late to be calling the police. Yeah, in I my opinion, five minutes later, I would be freaking out. Yeah, like half past three. Yeah. But anyway, she calls the police. She says her daughter's missing. The next day, uh, the police announce that they have started a massive search as the officers have concerns for the missing girl. Her mother makes a plea for her return, and posters featuring Shannon's pictures are put all around the neighbourhood. So the other thing that I somehow left off my description of Dewsbury was that it is a um, it's largely like a council estate. So there's lots of council estates, okay. which means there's people who are housed uh but in the same sense there's like a massive sense of community within those housing estates um so police suggest that she may have run away from home but her family say that this would be completely out of character um so the way shannon's family i think this is probably a good way to introduce the characters shall we say okay so this is Shannon's family and who's where in the whole thing. Shannon lives with her mum, Karen Matthews, who is 32, and her mum's boyfriend, Craig Meehan. Uh, Shannon's real father is Leon Rose, who lives 10 miles away in Huddersfield. Do you use miles or kilometres? Miles. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I don't really know either, so it's fine. <laughs> for those of you who live a kilometers it's 16 kilometers okay <laughs> um when karen and leon were together so shannon's mum and dad uh they had two children shannon and her older brother who and but her older brother lives with his father in huddersfield so when karen and leon when they split up they decided to split the kids as well uh so shannon went with her mum the brother lives with her dad and Shannon had been seeing her dad on a fairly regular basis up until recently where, but then Karen and Leon started having uh falling out apparently due uh, talking about money and um, 
money that dads have to pay yeah. it's called maintenance <laughs> uh, and they'd fallen out of that so she wasn't going up there as much anymore so Karen also has seven children to five different fathers oh boy yep she's a she's a character yeah. uh, and of the seven children four of them live with her and three live elsewhere interesting uh, okay. also in the house with Karen and uh Shannon is Craig, as I said before. Craig Meehan. He's been living them with them for four years, and she is, and he is, sorry, Shannon's youngest sibling. Sorry. Shannon's youngest sibling is his child. Okay. And he is 22, which is 10 years younger than Karen. I already don't trust it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't trust it. <laughs> uh, he also comes from a large family and it has been reported that he has nine aunts and uncles so and oh this is where i've written that they live on a, ha- a council housing estate okay. you know i mean, made a mention of it somewhere <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah trust yourself <laughs> yeah i knew what i did um so so that is like that says so that's the family that sets the scene. Uh, Karen has not lived with her parents since she was fifteen. She also had loads of siblings. Um, her parents, her parents don't trust Craig either. So mm. her parents are with you. Yeah. Um, but she's been out on her own, basically having to live her own life since she was fifteen, and she's wow. been just having kids by the sounds of it. Uh, right, so back to Shannon. It's uh, the 21st of February. Uh, February. Sorry, how in... many kids did you say she had? Seven. Seven. God, so she's spent like a huge part of her life like pregnant in like her yeah. adult life pregnant. Yeah. God, not... Jesus. Okay. But... <laughs> uh, so the 20... So she's gone. She is reported missing on the 19th. On the 21st, so she's been missing for two days, 200 officers have joined the hunt for Shannon. Uh, Bearing in mind, this is February. So February in the north of England is freezing cold. Mm. Um, The the, the major concern was that one of the nights was um, the temperature was due to drop to minus four. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so they're out there. Everybody's out there looking. The police are out looking whole of the community are out looking they're doing that you know that you see in the films where everybody's standing shoulder to shoulder walking around the fields and everything uh they're all they're all pitching in um but obviously by the second day that she's been missing 70 missing reports after 72 hours are like crucial because Mm -hmm. they're sort of after 24 hours and they may return they may have run away they may come back 72 hours usually means like if horrible to say but it's likely that they won't be found alive yeah something's happened yeah uh on the 22nd of february the police decide that they're going to search the matthews house so karen's house karen's house is going to get searched the boyfriend's cagey about it he wants to know why they're being you know he's like oh why are you why are you accusing us but the police assure them you know it's formality uh but they find written on her wall in Shannon's room, I want to live with my dad. Oh, God. So the police say they're gravely concerned for her safety. The f- police also find the house to be chaotic and dirty. Yeah, it seems like it. Shannon's not with her father. Her father's contacted. Well, he's already been contacted. She's not with her dad. Oh. Uh, her dad is devastated. He comes from Huddersfield to Dewsbury, and he helps out with the search, and he stands by Karen and her boyfriend, and he's there, you know, but like being a decent, fairly decent guy. Uh, when Karen's parents are saying, are accusing, Karen's parents accuse Craig Meehan, the boyfriend, of being abusive towards Karen's kids. The dad stands up for Craig and says that's not true. Oh, wow. He just wants to be there for his daughter. Yeah. So at this point, police have also drawn up a list of all the her family members in the area, all Shannon's family members in the area. So this includes all the aunties and uncles. Of there's a lot of people. It seems like. There's a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, there was a little diagram on uh, one of the BBC <laughs> articles. And it's, it's like it's, a big family tree. <laughs> wow, like nothing the I've family ever seen forest. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they look. So they look into 
they want to look into all the family connections. At the same time, they search 3,000 houses in the Dewsbury area and they speak to 6,000 people um, in total. So by February the 26th, this is seven days of Shannon still she's still not been found police are concerned she may have fallen into the wrong hands and by this point the whole town is fully rallying around the matthews family are all wearing t-shirts that say find shannon matthews everybody's wearing them all over the shop posters are everywhere like the town uh it's amazing it's pretty amazing that's crazy that's amazing by the first of march this is so this is 10 days Mm. It's also the day before Mother's Day, um, British Mother's Day. Yeah. We have a different different Mother's Day to the States and also to New Zealand. Uh, Karen makes a plea via the media, despite being strongly advised not to by the police. So the police basically say that um, if she's, you know, for the best interest for Shannon's safety, not, not to. to make not to make a statement, but she does anyway. Uh, And The Sun, which is, I don't know if you know about The Sun, the newspaper, it's one of the worst tabloid newspapers known to mankind, offers a £20,000 reward and a local furniture shop also offered up another five grand. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So this this Dewsbury seems like it's got a bad rep, but, you know, they seem like pretty decent people. It's a community, yeah. Absolutely. So the disappearance, this disappearance comes only... Nine months after another huge profile case, that of Madeleine McCann. And the disparity between the coverage is noted, and that opens a big discussion of class and stature. So obviously the McCanns are given loads of airtime. They are also given, like, reward money of above a million pounds. Oh, my gosh. Um, But they are a middle-class family of doctors and... Karen has seven children. So that is brought into discussion quite a lot, you know, throughout in in articles and that kind of thing. And also like the people of Dewsbury are really feeling that. Uh, So not long after this, the disgusting son raises the reward money to £50,000. But throughout this whole time, Shannon's mother, Karen, has been odd. The things that she's been saying have been strange. She's she's been publicly insisting that somebody, that someone knows something, or that she that she has been taken. She's she never says like that she's disappeared. She right from the get go, she's saying she's been abducted. She's been abducted. That's weird. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and so when she and like like I said before, when she was t- told in no uncertain terms to let the police deal with the press, she just did it anyway. Yeah. Karen has a friend called Natalie. Um, Natalie's she pops up a little bit. She's an interesting person. She said that the second press interview that uh, that Karen did, she held onto a teddy while making a plea for her beautiful princess daughter to come home. Uh, but Natalie also said when she asked Karen if the teddy was Sharon's, she said she didn't know. She didn't know who the teddy was. What? It was just she was just holding it like a prop. Like when you see the oh, video, oh god. Of it's like a full-on prop. And she she's also baffled by the beautiful princess daughter line because she's never heard her re- re- refer to her daughter as that. She's she's like someone someone told her to say that. Oh, that's so weird. Um, there's also at this time a documentary being filmed in their house. So they're also told not to go out and look for um not to go out and look for Shannon. Karen and Craig are at home. Um, but they have, for some reason, allowed a Channel 4 documentary to come in. Uh, (laughs) I watched some of it this morning. Oh, my gosh. And it's – so it aired on March the 20th, so where we're at at the story hasn't gone to – gone like, been on TV yet, but it aired on TV, and it's just them. And Wow. (laughs) We'll have to link to that. Yeah, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. It's um, Yeah baffling but she's really like in one in the bit that i watched she's the one of the reporters is saying oh can i get a can i get a picture with your other daughter holding the the teddy that she was holding in the press conference and she's like no nobody can touch that nobody can touch that until shannon gets home but then natalie's saying that she didn't even know know if it was hers or not very like performative very performative so that is yeah that's a thing that that natalie notes as well yeah 
so there's a massive appearance, uh, like difference in her appearance between the first time she appeared on the news. So she's she's like bedraggled in the first time, but then every other time now she's just like she's fine. She's just getting on with uh-huh. life. And obviously, this documentary has been filmed, um, and so Shannon um, Karen's got this this performance to keep up. Natalie says that uh, when the cameras weren't around, the tears are off and she's just playing game, video games, playing video games, watching TV, just doing the normal things. This Is reminds that like me of this- like Ben Affleck and Gone Girl or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. And I suppose as well, because then there's that, you know, people like Natalie and um, she has a police liaison officer as well and they're sort of saying well maybe you know this is how different different people deal with grief in different ways like right. is is this who's, who's to say what is normal who's to say yeah. what is the correct way to to act in this situation it's true but the uh the officer the police liaison officer says that um she had a, a, an inkling and she says that she's that there's something not right with this woman at one point, and at one point, one point she's smiling and laughing when all the TV crew were not around. Oh God! The 14th of March, the police get a tip off around this time. All the family they had talked to, so every all the information that they gathered from this big list and this big bonkers family tree, um, they'd in- investigated quite a number of them individually. And all the people that they had has come back as having alibis. You know, everything's fine. Everything checks out. And there's one man who wasn't on the list. They knew he wasn't on the list, but he was right down the bottom of the list. Um, but this man is an uncle of Karen's boyfriend, and his name is Michael Donovan. And he lives on the same estate, and he is someone, according to the neighbors, who was regularly at the Matthews flat almost on a day. However, he hasn't been to the Matthews household the whole time that Shannon has been missing. That's suspicious. Mm-hmm. But, but wait, one <laughs> of the other members of the Meehan's extensive family bumps into him and says to him, asked him if he's been interviewed by the police, like, you know, like everybody else. Donovan, yeah. said, Donovan says he has not. But he also says that he shouldn't mention this other guy, do not mention my name to the police. So obviously this guy goes to the police. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the first thing I would do if someone said, don't mention me to the police. I would go straight to the police. Absolutely. A <laughs> uh, little back background on uh, Donovan, Michael Donovan. He was born with the name Paul Drake. But this is I've, I, I heard a couple of different things and read a couple of different things about him. Uh, he changed his name to Michael Donovan, and there are a couple of theories about why he changed his name to Michael Donovan, each oh. of which are as baffling as the other one. Uh, the first one is that he changed his name to Michael Donovan after the character in the sci-fi series V. Which I was gonna say, like, why? Are, where have I heard this name before? Like, why is it familiar to me? That's so weird. <laughs> But then I also heard that he changed it to Donovan after the 80s heartthrob Jason Donovan. And I don't know if you know who he is, but all your Australian listeners definitely will. Kylie and Jason. Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan had a couple of hit singles. They were also on Neighbours, the absolutely longstanding, amazing TV soap opera from Australia. Either way, weird. Weird (laughs) Yeah, that's so bizarre. He has also previously been arrested for kidnapping his own daughter. Uh, uh, his, red flag. Mm-hmm. His, um, so him and his ex-wife, uh, or his, they, his, they had two daughters and they were in care. Uh, and then one day he turned up at school, picked one of them up and just took off with them. Oof. When obviously that wasn't his place, he was arrested, but the charges were dropped. So this is this is March fourteenth. Um, when all this at, all this starts to happen, which is nearly a month of Shannon being missing. So she went Gosh. missing on the night. Well, maybe not because it's a February is a weird a yeah. weird month, isn't it? <laughs> but around yeah, let's say five weeks, okay. four no three weeks. Let's say three weeks. 
she's been missing for three weeks, which is a really long time. Yeah. So, the but the police are immediately suspicious, and and they go around to Michael Donovan's house, but no one answers. Um, but they did, you know, they did the big police bash, and one of his neighbors pops her head out the out the door, and uh, she lives down underneath the apartment underneath and um says well if his car's here then he's definitely going to be here uh but she also says that now that she thinks about it she's definitely heard additional footsteps in the house flat above uh footsteps that sounded like a toddler and she's also heard them when michael wasn't home and so they're like uh yeah okay and they bashed it down the door but the flat is empty and they're about to sort of they're looking around they're about to give up um, but then they smell fresh cigarette smoke in the room. So they're like, there's definitely somebody, somebody has made a quick escape here or, or is still in here. Um, and then they see another door. So they go through that into an empty room. Um, all that's in it is a bed. And then they hear a voice that says something, something like you're hurting me oh. coming from under the bed. So they look under uh, and they find Shannon in, oh my gosh. in the frame of a divan bed. I think that there is, does a box spring bed make more sense than a divan bed? Yeah, we say box spring, but yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. So inside, like. Oh my gosh. That's not, I think that they had pulled the drawers, there's drawers out yeah. and oh. she was inside there. Jesus. They pull Shannon out and take her out to the police car. Um, and she seems like distressed, but she's also okay. And then they say to her, where is Michael? And she says, he was under the bed with me. And so they put Shannon into the car uh, and dash back in. And Michael is under the like sec- where the second drawer would have been. Oh He's under God. there. They get it. They're pulling him out. He's uh, he's kicking up a fight, but they finally uh, they finally arrest him and they get him into the police car. Jeez, it' crazy, bizarre. And as he get as he's as he's in the car, as he's getting pushed in the car, he starts shouting and he says, "Get Karen down here. We got a plan. We're sharing the money, fifty thousand pounds." No. <laughs> yep. So once they once they get him down to the police station, um, he says again, he says to them that they need to arrest Karen. So means and Meehan is in police custody. Back to Karen, who is pretty unemotional when they tell her that Shannon has been town found. <laughs> they take her to the police station to see her, but she um, but she's told that she can only see her from behind a screen for forensic purposes, um, and. Karen is silent in the car, doesn't ask a single question about Shannon's well-being. And the police and her, you know, her police liaison officer, yet again, is like, this This is odd. This is really odd. Uh, but also they don't know about what my um, Meehan, Meehan has shouted out. Uh, so police, uh, Shannon, is, Shannon is placed in police custody for 72 hours, which is... A normal thing to happen yeah um even more normal in this circumstance uh but when the news of shannon being found gets back to the moorside estate where they all lived they are absolutely ecstatic um just partying in the streets people are just like the fact that she's been found and this long okay. after yeah and she's alive everybody is just relieved and super happy uh, everybody that is, except for Karen. <laughs> so also not forgetting that there's like there's been TV crews there for the the whole time. So there are still TV crews there. So you know Karen's face is being broadcast across the country. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, it's definitely not a face that someone who has had their daughter back. And um, she so she's yeah. It's kind of it's telling. And yeah, if you haven't seen can your see daughter it. for a month and she's finally found in your boyfriend's, uh, what is it, uncle's or something's house, I would be like so relieved, but also so angry. Like I would be a million different things at once. Like um, 
to be nonchalant yeah. is very telling. And to look worried as well, eh? Yeah. Like you're, yeah, that's concerning that you're concerned, like something's uh, not quite gone to plan. But she didn't know. So she's, she's also, she didn't know that the police had told her that had to date that Michael, sorry, that she didn't know that Michael had told the police about mm. their plan. She doesn't know really anything that Michael said. Uh-oh. So, but, but that again prompts the police to think, well, this is what she looks like. She doesn't know what Michael said. Yeah. She's definitely something's going on. Okay. So Donovan in police custody. I keep wanting to call him Jason Donovan now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Michael Donovan confesses the next day to taking Shannon, but he says it was Karen's idea and he didn't want to. The Karen's plan all along was that he would keep Shannon for a few days and then claim the reward money and split it. And if it didn't go along with the plan, she would have him killed. They they search Donovan's flat, uh, and they uh, in Donovan's flat they find um, a cord that has been tied to a rafter of mm. uh, of his flat. That was that had also been tied around Shannon's midriff when he was out. So it was long enough for her to go out of the room and go into the bathroom. And there was also um, they also found a piece of paper with rules for Shannon, stating that she could play computer games quietly but not watch TV, and that she had to be quiet and stay under the divan bed. Oh, so after the stand- standard seventy-two hours, because of Meehan's. Uh, claims of Karen being in on it, Shannon was taken into care, which obviously got the community talking. Um, Rumours were flying about that Karen and Craig had something to do with the whole thing. Karen was then taken in for questioning, and that's when she was told about Donovan's claims, Mm. uh, to which she denied everything. And she was then released because they had no evidence to hold her, really, like other than what Donovan has said and their major suspicions. But I think at this point they were like, we'll just, you know, she's going to slip up. So two weeks after this, while uh, um, Shannon is still in care, um, while Donovan is in custody, custody, another arrest is made. But it's... It's not, it's not can it's not Karen, and it's not directly to do with the case. But during the earliest search of the Matthews house, uh, way back in the beginning, two computers had been taken to see if there was anything on them that could shine a light on where oh, Shannon no. was. However, when the computers were processed, more than 130 images of child sexual abuse were found, uh, and they were Meehan's computers and he was arrested and charged um Meehan was Craig 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 Meehan the boyfriend but uh they did say that none of the images I mean not like this makes it any better but none of the images were in of any of the children and I'm house. sure he did stuff to the children though I mean there had to be a reason why Shannon wanted to go live with her dad you know yeah yeah or, so, unless they planted that uh writing you know Mm, yeah, I suppose that's a. I never thought about that. It's entirely possible. Yeah, there was um, counts of them having had an argument because in the in the press, like Karen had made out that they were absolutely fine. They had this. She went off to school. Everything was happy, but it, that wasn't the case at all. And other people had said this afterwards as they'd had a massive row the night before. Um, Craig and Shannon, and she had left. Like mm. after having an argument then in the morning with Karen um, and like not left on good terms at all. Interesting. So a week after the arrest, Shannon and Karen have a visit. So Karen goes to visit Sharon and Care uh, and, and Karen is encouraged to play with Shannon. But the police liaison officer said that Karen seemed bored. She's just constantly looking at the clock. 
which is, you know, it's three weeks after she's been found. It's nearly six weeks after she first went missing. This behavior odd. Excuse me. And nothing like the uh, whole teddy bear situation. Yeah. Nothing like, no, not the mother that she painted herself, you know, with the princess daughter and everything. And obviously that's when these other stories start coming and trickling through. Um, and more of Craig's family were arrested for assisting Donovan, but um, they they never, they never all got released and never brought to trial. Hmm. And there's other, other sort of rumours are flying around, like, you know, we said before that Jewsbury is a small town. This is a little, a little community chat. There was talk of um, Karen not being happy in her relationship with Craig either and that she wanted to leave Craig for Donovan. Mm. And that he was supposed to pick Karen up and then they were going to uh, live the happy life together. In, Interesting. In mm-hmm. Web crawlers has a Patreon to get access to bonus episodes, shoutouts, merchandise discounts, and more. Please go to patreon.com slash web crawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, if you are a patron, you have the chance to host or guest host your own episode. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out on the podcast. Also, Erios has a hotline, 626-604-6262. Thank you. It's really been popping off, and we've been getting tons of messages so far, and please keep them coming. We will play them at our eventual mailbag episodes. The friend Natalie, she was still not feeling great about how it all panned out. She'd also, she'd been in, this was before, before Shannon had been found. She was in, Karen had come around to her house. She was making her a brew. And um, they, her daughter, Natalie's daughter was there. And she was talking about like when she was going to come home. And Natalie just like she said, she wanted to, she just said, look, there's a chance that she might not come home. She wanted to bring that into the conversation so that, you know, to prepare, basically to be prepared for the worst. And she said that she was sort of saying it to her daughter, but at the same time she wanted to, like, she wanted for Karen to hear it because obviously there's all this pressure and all this publicity and everything from the media 
that you could you know, again swept up with that whole thing of she's going to be found. We're going to everybody's looking for her, so she's going to be found, and and she was sort of just trying to give her a bit of a you know bring her a bit of reality, yeah. but in it you know in a kind and a, a way that a friend would. But um, apparently Karen was just like, oh no no. Sharon's famous now. Shannon's famous now. She's been on TV. She's coming home. Don't worry about it. She's coming home. So because of because of conversations like that, like little, you know, little niggly things like that. And yeah. And Natalie was just like, there's something. There's just it's not, it's not right. Something's it's off. Not, something's super off. Um, and she's also been chatting with her friend, another woman called Julie, who was like a big driving force, like really, really like. And another really lovely woman who has really wanted to help Karen and get the, you know, get public attention on it when it started to uh, dwindle a little bit. She was like, no, come on, we need this. We need people to stop, not, mm. you know, to, to continue with this, with this effort, like to, to remember who Shannon is until we find out what's happened to her. Yeah. Uh, they, so they, Julie and Karen had been chatting and they were pr- both pretty convinced that something was afoot. So they decided to confront Karen. Uh, before they did this, they spoke to the family's police liaison officer, who, as I said before, she had also voiced concerns. So they decided, right, yeah, we'll, uh, we're going to have a chat. So they invited Karen to get into the police officer's car. And they said, and then all three of them, and this is like, these are like some great quotes from Natalie. Natalie said, I said, look, Karen, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's a lot of stuff I've seen you do and say, and none of it adds up to me. You know I know there's something going on. (laughs) I wish I could do a really great Yorkshire accent, but I can't. Um, (laughs) um, Matthews took a massive sigh and said, yeah, it's true. Two days later, she was arrested. Oh, my God. For perverting the course of justice. And on that same day, Michael Donovan tried to take his own life. However, he made a full recovery. Uh, So after this, all of the children living with with Karen were taken into care. Oh, thank God. But down at the police station, Matthews and Donovan have been giving completely contradictory reports of what happened, Mm. constantly blaming each other, painting each other as the mastermind. Yeah, just trying to obviously sell each other out. Karen apparently gave five different counts of what happened. But Michael's, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, when she was questioned in court during the hearing, was a totally different story to every single other one that she had told her lawyer but michael's account had stayed the same and his account was that he would take shannon to his house and keep her there until there was a reward when the raw when the two thousand pound reward was offered karen said to wait until it went up once it hit fifty thousand, michael would take shannon to the market like the local town market leave her there then make sure she was uh, somewhere where there was CCTV and then he would conveniently find her again in front of that so that they'd know that he was the one that found her uh, and then they'd get the reward. Also, that's like so obvious. Like if you, if you, if your child goes missing and then they're found by someone in your family, like, I don't know, that just feels like an obvious plan to get reward. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) yeah, it doesn't. I I know, I know exactly. It does, doesn't it? You, it's like setting you, your own house on fire to get the insurance money. Like it just feels very obvious. Yes, exactly. It really does. And I, I mean, I, obviously they didn't get away with it because that's yeah. how obvious it was. Right. <laughs> After, well, as you know, during the whole hearing and the trial, the court heard as well how um there was a. A toxicology report and in the toxicology report they found traces of um like you know in their hair you can do a drug test yeah. and they found traces of tamazepan in oh god shannon's it's hair like a sleeping pill or something right 
It is a sleeping pill, yeah. Um, and the because of the toxicology, because of the hair and how long it can keep things in your system, it that it was like that it'd been in their system for up to twenty months. Her teachers had she'd been um known to social services. Her whole family had been known to social services for a while. Um, and they said that Shannon was always like sleepy in school and always dirty and she was never really looked after the parents of Karen's parents had said as well that like they'd never they'd never got them nappies or diapers um that they that they'd um they just see the the little kids just running around with cloths wrapped around like rags wrapped around them um and uh, yeah so, so they, but they were known to social services. But then eventually, social services had said, "No, this is not, uh, this is not a, a big, a bad case." And so they were just, they were like off the records, which is mental. Yeah, I like feel bad, like on both counts, because obviously that's so horrendous, and like social services should have handled it immediately. But also, like social services is probably so overloaded. Like yeah, I can't. Absolutely. I can't even imagine what it's like being a social worker. Like it must be the most difficult job in the world. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I mean, I imagine somebody like Karen Matthews is pretty good at playing it out. Like everything's fine. Everything's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, Like it was a bad week financially. Like everything's going to be fine next week, you know, or something like that. Um, Yeah. Thanks. Things are a bit messy, but oh, what are you going to do? There's so many kids here. But yeah, just she just uh, definitely was out for herself, ultimately. Uh, She she got sentenced, her and and, uh, Donovan, they both got sentenced to eight years. Um, Shannon got a whole new identity, a whole new family. Oh, that's good. And she, like, is, yeah, like under, I mean, I don't know, police protection, but to the yeah. point she's she's um she won't have this hopefully yeah. have to like deal with it sort of like if she had have not been fake kidnapped she still be living with her awful mum I was gonna say like it's kind of a blessing in disguise that they had to hit this kind of bottom to be noticed you know yeah. but I mean it shouldn't have to get to this point um <laughs> that no. like you have to kidnap the they have to do a fake kidnapping order for social services to be like, oh, this situation is bad, you know? Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so all the other kids are in care as well. They've all got different identities now. Oh, wow. Hopefully good. they are living wonderful lives. Yeah. Wow. Karen is out of jail. She only served half of her sentence. Then she moved, uh, she moved down south. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um and uh but she still does interviews she didn't know she didn't she did an interview in 2018 and still claimed she was innocent um but then i think that she like got some shit and um has like tried to completely change her, her yeah identity. she needs to take some accountability for sure um mm-hmm. Anyone who harms children is uh, a shithead in my book. Um, uh, irredeemable in my book. Um, and uh, God, I feel like Craig should have gotten more than eight years due to the. Uh, wait, did Craig get any? Did Craig get any sentencing? He did get sentencing. Because I mean, he should have gotten some sentencing for that child pornography. I would hope. He was definitely arrested and he definitely went to court. I I don't know. We'll have to look into that because, I mean, I really, uh, I also am yeah. upset that they only got eight years. Like, I feel like this is, they should have gotten more than that. It definitely, yeah, it definitely feels like eight years is, and then to only do half of that, it's not. Yeah, four years for child endangerment and stuff, all that stuff is not. So like giving your child sleeping pills like dosing your child for nearly two years that's so so horrible what a horrible like yeah this is this is awful um 
Well, thank you for bringing this story to our attention. We definitely need more international stories. So if you are an international listener, um, <laughs> please, please uh, write in and tell us some stuff that we should do. Also, if you're a social worker, I'd be curious to know about, I mean, obviously, I you know there's a million struggles, but like some of the logistics about how something like this might have happened or slipped through the cracks, um, how stuff like this can be prevented. Um, and so logistical struggles that you might have to go through um, that prevent you from kind of like rehoming children. Cause I know that there's a real pressure to keep like families together. Um, yeah. And I mean, I definitely know in this country that uh, the funding is just not there. Well, same. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So yeah, this is super, super interesting. Hannah, is there anywhere that people can follow you online or on the discord if you want to be followed? Otherwise they can just listen to this episode over and over and over again. <laughs> um, I am on the discord. I'm Hannah Connor on the discord. Perfect. Um, I mean, you, you can follow my Instagram, but it's really not very interesting. All right. Well, follow Hannah on the discord. Anyways, Hannah, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, and we are the web crawlers and keep on listening. Thank you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.